Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. That's ApacheCorp.com. Now here's the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday night edition of Texans All Access, a.k.a. a Christmas edition. Thank you for being with me. I am your host, Santa Claus, a.k.a. John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and so glad to be with you. we got plenty to do tonight. I've got to give you my predictions, which I will. I will also give you my first community credit union, first glance, keys to the game for this one against Cincinnati on Sunday. Two games left, both home games. Thank God. Don't want to go back on the road. No more roadies, so it'll be nice to be at home for the holidays. But, man, people in the building are stressed. Game Sunday the 27th. Bowl game, Macari Texas Bowl on the 31st. Finale against the Titans at final Sunday. I believe that's January 3rd. Could be wrong with that, but I think I'm close. Uh, so, yeah, three games in, I think, seven days. So, everybody's a little bit panicked, but it's going to be a fun time. It always is. And hopefully, a couple of wins for your Texans to go along with. So, you know what's on the show, so let's get started with our hot reads, brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com, and all you got to do, 15 minutes, that's it. I mean, what can you do in 15 minutes? You say 15% after the holidays, you're going to need it. So is the Harris family. So here we go, first hot read, as it always is on a Friday, no matter what's going on, is Romeo Cornell, the head coach of your Houston Texans, sitting down with the voice of the Texans, Mark Vanderbeer. Mark, take it away. Coach, tell me a little bit about these Bengals. Of course, they beat the Steelers on Monday night, short week for them to get ready. What did you learn about them from that game versus other games they might have played? Well, you know, not that I learned anything, but what I tell the players all the time is that everybody in the NFL, they've got firepower. And on any given Sunday, uh, any team can win. And, and a lot of times as you look at the games, they go down to the fourth quarter. And in many cases, they go down to the last second, to the two-yard line, you know. And so never underestimate anybody. And in that particular game, uh, the Bengals playing a division opponent. Um, and they just – they get up for division opponents. I mean, we get up for division opponents. And so they started making the plays, and they got rolling – and they were able to carry it to the finish and win the game. And so as I looked at it, uh, I thought that uh, offensively, they were able to make plays both in the running game and the passing game. The quarterback, he was able to pull the ball down and run some. So uh, that put more pressure on Pittsburgh's defense. Uh, then since his defense, I thought they did a good job against Pittsburgh's offense. You know, uh, containing the underneath passing game, not letting the ball get thrown over their heads. And then, um, you know, they had a lot of fire and energy as far as uh, getting after the ball carry. 
So when you're getting ready for their offense, how much old tape do you look at? Old at this point, meaning Joe Burrow stuff versus Allen versus Fenley. How do you handle that part of it? Well, uh, you know, I think when you look at Joe Burrow and you try to pick out the the concepts, the, the concepts that they use and, and figure out if they'll use those same concepts with the other guys because every quarterback has a unique set of uh, uh, ability and, and what they can do. And so uh, then you look at the younger guys who have been playing recently and see what they do and, and what their strong points are and then be able to defend those. When you look at their defense, Coach, they got those turnovers, those takeaways in the Monday night game with Pittsburgh. Uh, what are you seeing overall? What concerns you about that side of the football with Cincinnati? Well, I think that they are a multiple pressure defense, uh, particularly on third down. They give you a lot of fronts. They give you a lot of pressure. They force you to protect. They force the guys to get open. Uh, they put pressure on the quarterback. And so you have to be able to handle all of those different pressures uh, because they come from different places uh, and if you can handle them then you've got an opportunity to make some plays and, and move the chains but if you cannot handle them then you're in the hole and that gives them the advantage I know you haven't run the ball as well as you want to but you've been able to move the ball and it almost doesn't matter who else is in there as far as Deshaun being in there it doesn't matter who the running back is the receivers you've been able to adjust you have to be happy with your ability to rise up offensively despite some of the adversity you've had especially injury wise exactly you know that's what we we teach in the NFL makes man up uh, and you know they have to to believe in that for it to happen and and so those guys who are basically have been uh, backups and haven't played as much but they have to stay on top of the game while they're in, in meetings and in practice. Uh, and then during the games when they're not playing, they got to stay on top of it. Then they get an opportunity. All right. Their work shows up because they're able to make plays. They're able to run the routes correctly. They're able to catch the balls that are thrown to them, you know, and, and whether it's the receivers or running back or offensive line, you know, we, we, we plug it in and we get guys who are going to fight and, and give everything they have to give us a chance. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck against Cincinnati. Hey, thanks, Mark. All right, let's get to our next hot read, and that is one transaction that happened today, and that is Whitney Merciless, unfortunately, going on the COVID-19 list today. Again, we've said this all throughout the year with the COVID-19 list. You can be a close contact. You can test positive. You could be both, actually, but uh, that's going to put, man, just do the timing on this. If Witt has tested positive, there's less than 10 days, if my math is correct, between games that Witt could miss both these games. Could be just one if it's the close contact. I don't know. We just know that Whitney has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, which is highly unfortunate, especially at this time of year with two games left at home. We're going to be missing Whitney Merciless on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, let's get to our final hot read, and that is who else will be out, doubtful, questionable for this one against the Bengals? Well, if there's any good news, it's that it's not a long list for the Texans this week. Only player out is Duke Johnson. Now, that's a big one because Duke has meant a lot to this offense this year and even in 2019. Duke is out still dealing with that neck issue. 
Philip Gaines, who missed last week, is questionable. The good news is that John Reed, who missed the last couple of weeks, deal with a neck, is going to be in the lineup. Also, Cornell Armstrong will be back. So at least there will be a little bit more depth at the corner position. And at running back, you have C.J. Proceis back. So there will be a little bit more depth at running back as well to have C.J. back with Scotty Phillips, David Johnson, and Buddy Howell. So you've got a little bit going on there with the running back situation. Now, on the Bengals' side, one big one is, I think, their best receiver. Maybe this year. I think think T. Higgins is going to end up being the guy in the future, but Tyler Boyd is one heck of a receiver. He is going to be out due to concussion. Also out for the Bengals, B.J. Finney, offensive lineman, Jordan Evans linebacker, another linebacker who I love, Logan Wilson. So that is your status report for Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals, and those are your hot reads brought to you by Geico. All right, let's get to our keys to the game. What's going to happen in this one? I take a deep dive next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting DaikinLovesHouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to a Friday edition of Texans All Access, eh, Christmas edition. If you want to go with that, that's your choice. It is Christmas, so ha- Merry Christmas. I almost said Happy Christmas. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you. Glad you are with me this evening. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And as I said, or teased going into this segment, this is... I think one of my favorite things to do on this show, and that is to take a deep dive into the opponent for this week. We call it First Community Credit Union, First Glance, Keys to the Game. I've been doing Keys to the Game. To This year makes 18 years. Now, I haven't been with the Texans 18 years, but it started back in 2003 on a whim doing Keys to the Game for college games, and it caught the attention of college football news, Pete Futak, he was like, hey, man, can you do this for us? And I did, and I've been doing keys to the game ever since. When I moved into the building with the Texans, they're like, hey, you know, keys to the game thing, can you do that? Like, yeah, of course I can. So let's do it. Keys to the game against Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this is a 3-10-1 football team. They've got a tie, and well, there was a time we thought that tie was going to help out the Philadelphia Eagles. It was not going to help out the Bengals, but it was better than the loss. They, to start the year, were one Two and one. Joe Burrow doing some good things. Hit a three-game skid against the Ravens, the Colts, and the Browns. And you felt like, ah, yeah, it's going to be the Bengals. Then they beat the Titans. And that one I'm still scratching my head at. And if for some reason the Titans lose one of these last two games and the Colts win both and the Colts win a division, they'll look back at that game. Now, the Titans very easily could have lost the game to us, but you get the point. They lost to the Bengals. Then the Bengals lost five in a row. And it started with a loss to the Steelers. But then, last Monday night, the Bengals, with no Joe Burrow, no Joe Mixon, two offensive studs, 
Without them, they beat the Steelers 27-17. It was probably one of the worst offensive showings on both sides, and yet the Bengals scored 27 points. They only had 230 yards of total offense and scored 27 points. Amazing. So, let's get into our first community credit union, first glance keys to the game. FCCU, the official credit union of your Houston, Texas. Now, offensively, when you hear these numbers, you're like, ooh, man, not so good. Rushing, 96.6 yards per game. That's 27th in the NFL. Passing yards per game. That number was higher when Joe Burrow was manning the offense. 216.4 yards per game. That's 26th in the NFL. Total offense, 312.9 yards per game. That's 30th in the NFL. But most importantly for the Bengals, they've lost 22 turnovers. Nine picks, 13 fumbles. My goodness. All right, let's get into the keys to winning versus the Bengals offense. Number one, I called it high point Higgins. Now, T. Higgins, rookie wide receiver, the Bengals took at the top of the second round. There's always a lot of discussion that second round, top of the second round, that first pick, you got all night after the first round is over. Man, who's still on the board? And invariably, you look at that and go, man, there are a lot of really good players on the board. A lot of them. What are they going to do? Well, after they picked Joe Burrow, they picked T. Higgins. And he's had a fantastic season. He is maybe not supplanting Tyler Boyd just yet as the number one wide receiver, but it's pretty darn close. He has five touchdowns to Boyd's four. He averages 13.3 yards per catch to Boyd's 10.8. And this is as a rookie, and it's without Joe Burrow. I did a telestrator for game day KPRC, and you can see the advanced stage that T. Higgins is as a rookie. Now, the most difficult thing in facing Higgins as a defensive back is the guy's 6'3", 6'4", and he's got a catch radius the size of Energy Stadium. So it becomes ultra, ultra, ultra important for whoever's going to play corner, because almost everybody's banged up, that they have got to fight through the catch point with T. Higgins. Now, they may not be able to sky and get up there where T. can, but um, balls that are away from his body and he tries to bring them in, that's when the corners have got to make a play. They've got to be able to attack the ball at the catch point and keep Higgins from reeling it in because he gets his hands on it. That's a catch. They've got to attack that catch point and make it as difficult as possible. Number two, surround Gio. And here's what I need. Gio Bernard has been in the league now for a while. He's a seasoned vet. It feels like he's been around a whole lot longer than he probably has. But there's no Joe Mixon. Samaji P. Ryan is not quite the pass receiver that Gio Bernard is. So Bernard has been the guy. I think he ran it 20-some-odd times the other night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The thing about Gio is he's not going to run you over. He is not going to run away from you. But what he will do is he will embarrass you in space. And I mean thoroughly embarrass you in space. So it is vital to surround him with multiple Texan bodies such that if he embarrasses the first guy, there are two or three others there to surround him and bring him down without significant yards after the first shake. You do not want to end up on a Gio Bernard and one video because he gives you that dead leg. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're... Oh. You got to have two and three guys there to be able to surround him and bring him down on the spot. Number three, attack the edges. Now, the Texans have, I think, faced some pretty good tackles lately. Braden Smith, Anthony Costanzo, Charles Leno of the Bears. They face some pretty good tackles I think, and this year they've even faced some good ones. David Bakhtiari with the Packers. 
Taylor Decker with the Lions. They've seen some pretty good players. The Bengals don't have those guys. Jonah Williams is banged up and missing the majority of the season again. And Bobby Hart on the other side might think he's a pro bowler. He is not. He is not that kind of player. The Texans have an opportunity to attack the edges and get to the quarterback, be it Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen. I think it's going to be Ryan Finley. But they've got to be able to beat those tackles and beat them repeatedly. This is not a good tackle group. It's Bobby Hart on one side, Fred Johnson, or a rookie, Akeem Adeneje from Kansas on the other side. They've got to attack the edges in a way that makes Cincinnati pay for putting them out there. They have to put multiple hits on the quarterback. Multiple hits. Now, Zach Taylor's done a nice job of not giving too much to Ryan Finley, and they actually ran the ball a little bit better. But when it gets to second along, third and long, Watt, Merciless, Grenard, pin your ears back and go past those tackles. Whip them badly. Number four, and man, I can't say this loud enough. Pigskin pastries, please. Let's go to the turnover shop for the holidays. Oh my gosh, can we get a turnover? Didn't get one in either Colts game. In the Bears game, that's three games without a turnover. Before the Colts was Lions. Now, Lions, we did get some in that game against the Lions. We got plenty in that game. Well, that doesn't and shouldn't preclude us from having them in three straight games. Three straight games, no turnovers. Now, the good thing, to a degree, had one against the Colts in the first game. Had uh, one, if I remember correctly, against the Bears in that game. And then had none. The other day. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. They had a fumble. So, yeah. I mean, you got to even this thing out a little bit. They've got to get some turnovers this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Let's talk about this Bengals defense. The numbers aren't mm, totally impressive. They're giving up 128.4 yards per game on the ground. That's 26th in the NFL. They give up 244 yards per game through the year. That's 20th in the NFL. And overall, 372.4 yards per game. That's 22nd in the NFL. So, not altogether a great defense numbers-wise. But I feel like this defense is kind of a whole is greater than some of its parts. Now, a couple of the parts are pretty darn good. But I feel like they're getting better and better and better. And that's been the case the last few weeks, especially against the Steelers. They held the Steelers, I think, the 240-something total yards of offense. Now, Ben Roethlisberger melted down. But I think part of that was because of what the Bengals were doing defensively. So let's get into what are the keys to winning versus the Bengals defense? Number one, and this is a guy I loved coming out of college a few years ago, and that's Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson at defensive end can be a menace. It was just a matter of Carl Lawson staying healthy. Well, the other night against the Steelers, he had one sack. If you stopped right there on the stat sheet, you're like, hey, one sack, big deal. Then you go to the next column and it says QH, quarterback hits. He had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six quarterback hits on Ben Roethlisberger. Now, six quarterback hits, a sack, is that wrecking the game? Quite possibly, that gave the Steelers a ton of issue. So I would say yes. The Texans cannot allow that to happen. If he's going to line up on Laramie Tunsil, Laramie's just got to eat him up. Laramie has seen every good pass rusher there is in this league, and he's been able to hold up against every single one of them. And Carl Lawson will just be another Another guy he's got to face. Now, Lawson's got a really good first step, and he's strong for his size, 255 pounds. So he can do some speed-to-power stuff. 
but he is extremely agile off the end, and they cannot allow him to wreck the game. When Lawson lines up on the other side, that leads me to key number two, is called Rod on the right. And that means Rod Johnson. Earlier this week, we found out that Titus Howard was going to miss this game and the rest of the season due to that concussion he suffered against the Indianapolis Colts. A big thanks, sarcastically, to DeForest Buckner, who decided to tackle everybody in that mosh pit. And it caught Titus kind of off guard. He fell hard, and that precipitated the concussion. Now, Rod Johnson stepped into the lineup at that particular moment at right tackle. If you remember earlier in the year, he played left tackle with no Laramie against the Patriots. In that game, the Texans gave up zero sacks. After Rod came into the game, the Texans gave up five sacks overall. But after Rod came into the game, I think there were only two sacks the rest of the day. Now, there was one moment in that game, and I, I saw it, and everybody will remember the play. It was a play where Darius Leonard blitzed, and he came scot-free. And Deshaun saw it right away and took off. And right after the play, Rod started tapping his shoulder pads as if to say, that was my fault. And basically what happened was the Colts had six guys up front and we were in empty and Rod was supposed to block the inside guy. And Deshaun was going to have to get the ball off quickly because the outside guy was coming too. But they had too many guys to block. And so Rod ended up blocking the outside guy, thinking there was a back back there, realized it was empty. Either way, Rod was like, hey, that was my mistake. The fact is when Rod's been in the lineup, They've not given up a lot of sacks. They've not given up a ton of pressures either. So Rod's going to have his hand full, obviously, when Carl Lawson's on that side, or Sam Hubbard, who had a couple of quarterback hits the other night as well. Those guys are full-on relentless getting after the quarterback. So Rod's going to have to hold his ground on that right side. Laramie's going to have to do the same on the left. But because Rod is replacing a first-rounder, a starting tackle, all eyes are going to be on him, and hopefully Rod can do the things that he has done when he's been in the lineup, left or right, keep those guys away from Deshaun. I know it sounds easy. It's not that easy. But get your guy blocked, however you do it. It's so funny. We talk about all these different, well, it's hand placement, this and those. Get the guy blocked. Keep that guy, however you do it, from getting Deshaun Watson. And away you go. Number three key. And you're going to hear this and go, yeah, wait, what? Number three is titled, Wide receiver, David Johnson. Wait, he plays running back, right? Yeah. Well, I have for years railed against depth charts and listings in the program. Because what happens for fans, for listeners, followers, they see that and they just have an image of a guy or a player and that's what he is. You put RB next to a guy's name, you're like, well, you're running back. You got to run the ball. That's what you do. And I've always railed against that because running backs need to be able to catch the ball to be complete backs. Wide receivers need to be able to run after the catch, turn themselves into running backs after the catch. Offensive linemen have got to have um, you know nasty in them. And if they play tackle, maybe they can play guard. Maybe if you play tackle, maybe you can play center. All that. So I kind of rail against that. David Johnson, RB. I mean, I get it. That's where it's got to start. But David Johnson's as good a wide receiver as you're going to find. Whether he's the designated running back or designated a wide receiver. And we found that out the other day. Against the Indianapolis Colts, we saw the receiving acumen. And I've known it's there. I saw him in the Senior Bowl in 2015. January 2015, I'm watching this guy like 6'2", 225, just snatch the ball out of the air, soft hands. And he looked down, it's like number seven, running back. And you know, and I'm like, man, this guy's going to have an opportunity because he can do both. 
This year, the running game hasn't been there. But the other day, two receptions at half. 11 when the game was over. So I will do the Conical Phillips, Toros, math drills work for you. That's nine catches in the second half. Now, how many of those were designated for David? I don't know. But the fact is, he became a trusted and reliable outlet for Deshaun in the passing game. And so when that pass rush was closing in, instead of taking a hit, Deshaun was like, dude, it's first and 10. Let me, let me pitch it to David over the middle, right there, or on the flat, and let him do the work. And David had his best ball game as a Texan. And you think back to, well, yeah, exactly. Because he's not just a running back. He's a wide receiver as well, whether people want to believe that or not. And you saw him really capitalize. And I think back to the very first telestrator that I did of David Johnson. The first thing I found was a play against the Falcons where Johnson was lined up out wide and ran a speed out for five yards and a first down. And it showed him snatching the rock, Tony two-tap on the sidelines, and a first down catch. Then I'm like, that we can work with. That is a receiver. Yes, he's got a running back, and it says RB next to his name. I get all that. But those receiving skills, to me, what that did the other day for David was it gave it so much more confidence. I mean, he's catching everything. He's running hard after the catch, and he got him out in space. Where he, out in space, is very, very good. But he gets too congested in there. Man, it's been tough all year. But as a receiver, David Johnson looked phenomenal. And number four, it's called Don't Be Late. And of course, everybody's got to be on time to the game. So get in your seats, be loud. We obviously don't have a packed house. You know that. But don't be late actually doesn't refer to the fans. This refers to Deshaun Watson. And I think in the four years that Deshaun has been the quarterback for this team, we've seen him grow. And the one thing that Deshaun doesn't do, for the most part, is throw the ball late over the middle. That's the old adage. Don't throw late over the middle. Well, you definitely can't do it this week because Jesse Bates the third is roaming around. He's one of the better young safeties in the league. He's got 97 tackles, 12 passes broken up, and three interceptions this year. That's, those are phenomenal numbers in just 14 games. If you throw it late over the middle this week, Jesse Bates is going to be there. He's as good as it gets in the league, and he'll make Deshaun pay. Now, Deshaun has not made a habit of doing that, but he's got to make sure this week in particular he doesn't do that because of a guy like Jesse Bates. All right, that's going to do it for our First Community Credit Union. First glance, keys to the game. FCCU, the official credit union of your Houston Texans. Full slate of games this weekend. I got to make my picks straight up and against the spread. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. That's ApacheCorp.com. Now here's the show. Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome back to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, the mobile version on Christmas night. Glad you're with me. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and this is one of my favorite segments that I do all week long, all the different radio, TV, everything. I love this one because A, I basically put my reputation on the line by making picks. 
And that's how everybody thinks when they hear the picks. They're like, oh, he's so dumb. Oh, he's so smart. Eh, it really has nothing to do with it, honestly. I like, A, the competition part of it. Like, did I get it right? Did I, did I not? But B, I also like to talk about the league. I like to talk about what's going on for NFL teams throughout. And so why not do it this way? Why not make picks straight up and against the spread? I love to do that. So let's rock and roll. However, first, I must give to you my music. I need my music. I can't do this segment without my music. And there it is. All right, let's start on Saturday. This is one of those... End of NFL season, six, week 16, week 17. It did last week on week 15, too. We've been we've caught in that where we played on Saturday and then had to follow up following week playing Sunday. So you got three Saturday games going on, December 26th. You got the Buccaneers taking on the Lions. Now, with this game, it's in Detroit. The Bucs are 9-5. The Lions are 5-9. The Lions are going to be looking for a coach. They're going to be looking for a GM. But in this game, they're going to be looking for all kinds of coaches because every single coordinator, they just fire their special teams coordinator. Offensive and defensive coordinators are both out with COVID. Interim head coach, Daryl Bevel, out with COVID. Our buddy Sean Ryan, who used to coach quarterbacks here with the Texans, will be calling plays for the Lions. They've got defensive assistants. I hate to say it this way, but lowest man, lowest man on the coaching totem pole, they're going to be calling plays. For the defense, it's crazy. Tampa Bay's only a 10-point favorite. I think the Lions will play their guts out. They'll really try and show that even with this coaching staff they've cobbled together, I think they'll play hard. It's just not going to be enough. Eventually, the dam's going to break, and the Buccaneers are going to win this one 35-21, something along those lines. Bucks win, and Bucks are going to cover. But I do think this one's going to be really intriguing to watch and see how the Lions respond without all those coaches. All of them. I mean, they're already without Matt Patricia, out Daryl Bevel. I mean, it's crazy. And oh, by the way, the Lions special teams coach got canned the other day because he ran a fake in the fourth quarter against the Titans in a relatively close game and didn't tell anybody. And then, of course, it failed. Unfortunately, it was A.J. Moore's twin brother on the other end of that. And he got fired on Monday. He might have been the head coach and he stuck around, but Bucks win, Bucks cover. Then in the afternoon on Saturday, 49ers taking on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are 8-6, still alive in the NFC playoff race. They've got a win out. That'll get them to 10-6. Now, I've been following the AFC a little bit more than the NFC, but I think 10-6 will definitely get them there by winning out. The Rams are 9-5, and five, and, the Ram- and they're going to kick themselves for losing that game to the Jets last week. But the Rams are taking on the Seahawks. Seahawks are 10-4, and four, so there's still possibilities there in the NFC West. Somebody's coming out of there with 10 wins, so if the Cardinals lose this, they're toast. Now, I think they can still get a wild card, but they're going to have to beat the 49ers to do it. They're favored by five at home. Just came off that big win against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Cardinals are going to get it. San Francisco has just been banged up all year. The 49ers will play hard. They will play hard. And by the way, who's the home team in this thing? <laughs> I mean, the 49ers have played in Arizona. So and both of them kind of play in their home stadium. I think the Cardinals are going to get it done. Kyler has a big game. DeAndre has a big game. And Arizona wins this thing by 10. I'm thinking 27-17. 
Cardinals win, move to nine and six, and stay alive in the playoff race in the NFC. All right, the evening game on Saturday is not Clemson Notre Dame. It is Dolphins v Raiders. Now, a couple weeks ago, just kind of looking ahead, it looked like, man, this game is going to be for one of these wild card spots. Well, since then, the Raiders have just crumbled. The Dolphins continue to win, and Peter King was right. He said at the beginning of the year, Miami Dolphins, keep an eye on them, going to the playoffs. And he could be right. Now, there's some things that still have to happen, and the Raiders can, at this point, play spoiler, but also in winning these final two games, the Raiders can get to 9-7. and seven. I don't know if that's going to get teams in. I think the Colts and the Titans will both finish with 10 wins. The Browns and the Steelers both have 10-plus wins. And then you got the Ravens, who have a couple of pretty eh, relatively easy games. We'll get to them in a second. So I think the Ravens will get to 10 wins. So you're going to have three teams with 10 wins, and the Dolphins are in that mix. So I don't think the Raiders can get there. I don't, they're not mathematically out, but they're going to get help I don't think they're going to get. But I do think the Raiders are going to play this thing really tight. Very, very tight. And I think in the end... The Raiders get the win at home. I can't believe I'm saying it. Miami's favored by three. The Raiders are going to get the upset, mild upset, and get the win at home Saturday night. Low scoring. I'm not expecting a ton of points in this one. But the Raiders are going to win this thing. And they're going to obviously cover the three. So let's get to Sunday. It starts in Kansas City, as Mitch Holtis likes to say. Chiefs are 13-1. The Falcons are coming to town. The Falcons... A lot of teams mathematically eliminated, ready to get it done. They're looking for a GM. They're looking for a head coach at 4-10. Kansas City might give them an opportunity to look at Atlanta's future head coach, at Eric Bieniemy. Who knows? Hopefully Bieniemy's here. Who knows? Nobody knows. Kansas City's a 10.5-point favorite. They'll cover that. They'll win by two touchdowns. I'm thinking 41-27. Falcons will score, but not enough. Chiefs outscore them 41-27, get the win and the cover. All right, the Browns go to the Jets. And I guarantee you this line was probably 12, 13 points a couple weeks ago. But the Jets beat the Rams on the road. Now the Browns come to town. And the Browns are only a a 9.5 point favorite. I don't think the Jets will get another win. Not this one. The Browns need it desperately. The Jets don't. I'm not saying the Jets won't play hard. They put Quinn and Williams, who has been fantastic for them, on IR, the interior defense alignment. I think that hurts against the Browns' running game. Browns win. But here's where the upset is. I think the Jets cover. I think the Jets get inside that 9.5. This feels like a 17-12 kind of game. Maybe a little higher. I don't know if that's probably too low. Maybe like 27-21. I don't know if the Jets can get to 21. They got to 27 last week, I think it was, or 23, whatever it was, to beat the Rams. Jets won't win, but I'm going with the Jets to cover. I'm feeling crazy. One of the games of the day will take place in the Steel City. The Indianapolis Colts are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those two teams beat the Texans by 7, 7, and 6. That's it. Three wins over the Texans for those two, those two teams and a touchdown separated them at each time. And I think, if I'm right, they, the Texans scored 20, 20, and 21. Very consistent. Indianapolis is favored by a point and a half on the road. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the way that Ben Roethlisberger looked the other night against the Bengals. 
but I can't do it. I can't pick Indianapolis. I think Pittsburgh bounces back, feeling the heat from the Browns, and Pittsburgh gets the mild upset at home, at least according to the odds makers. I do think Indianapolis is better than Pittsburgh. I do think that. But I think the Steelers will f- reach back and find something and go get a big win and get to 12-3. and That'll drop the Colts to 10-5, and and then we'll be looking at a game that happens on Sunday night to see what happens to AFC South. We'll get to that in a little bit. Steelers win, and obviously are going to cover that one and a half. It's almost a pick at that point, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Crazy as that might sound. The Bears go to take on the Jaguars. Now, I need, we all need, the Jaguars to win. We need the Jaguars to win. It's at home. Chicago's favored by seven and a half. We need the Jaguars to win. Well, why is that? Because the Jaguars are not winning Week 17. They're taking on the Colts in Indianapolis. Not happening because the Colts are going to need that game to win the division or get in the playoffs. More than likely. We need the Jags to win so they move out of that number one spot. We do not need to face Trevor Lawrence twice a year. It was great when the Jags had to, you know, think about it. If you're a Jags fan, you got to watch Deshaun Watson. You got to face him twice a year. Now we have to face Trevor Lawrence twice a year. No. Let's go Jags. Let's go Jags. Win this game. They won't. They'll cover. I think they'll get inside the seven and a half. But that's it. Bears are going to win that one. It's going to be a, watch, it's going to be like a gut punch game. This is going to be like 20 to 16 and the Jags fumble on the five yard line. Yeah, it's going to be like that. It's been been that way. We just need the Jags to win. Let's go Jags. Duval! Yeah, we need you guys to do it. So, Jaguars will cover. Bears are going to get the win. That keeps them alive in the NFC playoff race. Giants take on the Ravens. And as much as the Ravens, I'm sorry, the Giants have kind of gotten themselves back to respectability, the last couple weeks, not as good. Offensively, without Daniel Jones, it's been a struggle. I think it continues to be a struggle. And I'm telling you right now, I saw this on Twitter and I was like, dang it, I've been thinking that for three weeks. I would not want to face the Ravens in the playoffs. Now, they just have to get there. And they will face the Giants this week, and I believe it's the Bengals the following week. So they've got two wins. They'll be looking at 11-5. I think that gets them in. But the Ravens are a 10.5-point favorite. They will win and cover. This is 28-14. That's a win and a cover for the Ravens. Bengals and Texans. Texans favored by 7.5. You know I don't go against my heart and my head, so I never picked that game. Texans are going to win and cover. They better. Then... Two five and nine teams. Now this one becomes important to the Texans, semi-important, in that the Texans are going to finish in third place in the AFC South. In 2021, we face the AFC East, so we get New England at home, we get the Jets at home, we go to Buffalo, we go to Miami. Then it becomes who do you match up with? Third place. Well, third place in the AFC North, you have no idea. Could be the Browns, could be the Ravens, could be the Steelers. Have no idea. That one's still got to shake itself out. And it does in the AFC West. The Chiefs and the uh, Raiders more than likely will finish 1-2. And then third place may come down to this game, the Broncos and the Chargers. It's in L.A. where the Chargers have played a little bit better. They just can't hold on to a lead. I think the Chargers are better than the Broncos. Justin Herbert has been fantastic. The Chargers are favored by three, and I'm going to lay the three, taking the Chargers to win and cover that three, and that'll put the Broncos more than likely in last place. 
and the Chargers in third place. Now, what happens with the Raiders could matter because the Raiders lose two, the Chargers win two, Chargers seven nine. Maybe the Chargers get to second place, and the Raiders go to third place. Maybe that puts us in Vegas next year. <laughs> Let's go, Chargers! Chargers win and cover the three. Oh my goodness. I hope that happens. All right, let's go to Washington with the Washington football team and Ron Rivera taking on his former team, the Panthers, at 4-10. and 10. The Panthers just fired their GM, Marty Herney. Washington trying to figure out what's going on with their football team and Dwayne Haskins. That's eh, an issue. It won't bleed over to the field. Washington gets the win, and they will cover the three points with which they are a favorite. Stay in the afternoon on Sunday. The Eagles take on the Cowboys. Now... This NFC East is a jumbled mess. But if Washington wins, which I think they will, that'll make the Washington football team 7-8. and eight. Then I think it's really tough for either the Eagles or the Cowboys to catch them. But it doesn't matter. It's Eagles versus Cowboys. And it's greater Houstonian Jalen Hurts leading the Eagles against the Cowboys in Arlington. Philadelphia's favored by 2.5. I think with Hurts at quarterback, Philadelphia's better than the Cowboys, so I'm rolling with Philadelphia to win and to cover that two and a half as a road favorite, which I hate. I'm going with it. Hurts and the Eagles win again. That makes the Eagles 5-9-1. and one. And if those teams get some help from the Panthers, they'll make the Washington football team 6-9. and nine. And what you're saying is there's a chance. Yes, there is a chance. No doubt. All right. Last afternoon game on Sunday is the Seahawks taking on the Rams. This is a whale of football game. Aaron Donald and the Rams against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. These teams have kind of been all over the place, though, lately. The Seahawks lost at home to the Giants. The Rams lost at home to the Jets. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. Seattle's favored by point. This is basically a pick And I just don't know that I can go against the Seahawks at home in this one. But there's something about the Rams... That just tells me, man, they bounce back from bad games. This is really a test of Sean McVay and that coaching staff to see if the Rams can bounce back from it. I think they will and make this a really tight game. But I think in the end, the the Seahawks win it. They're going to win this thing 31-27 at home. That covers the one. Seahawks win. Moved 11-4. And I believe that will clinch the division if the Seahawks win. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think with that to play for... The Seahawks will win and win the division. All right, Titans taking on the Packers. This is the game we talked about Sunday night. We go back to the Colts-Steelers. Colts and Titans. Titans have the tiebreaker, as far as I know. So the Colts have to win twice, which they can, Steelers and then Jags. And then the Titans got to lose one game between us next week and the Packers this week. It's in Green Bay. Green Bay's favored by three and a half. I've said all along, I feel like the Titans are a good football team. But people are making them out to be so much better than they are. Now, offensively, you don't get no argument from me. That's a top five offense, no question. Facing that offense is a monster. Because you face Derrick Henry, Tannehill's throwing the ball, as well as anybody in the league. He's got two distinct weapons now, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. But defensively, I think that group can be had. And I think that's going to be the difference. The Titans' defense can't hold up. This is going to be 37-31. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they get the win. Then the cover at home over the Tennessee Titans. And then Monday night, the Bills taking on the Patriots. Now, there's still seeding involved in the AFC. 
So the Bills are still going to be playing for something at least this week. But they're taking on the Patriots. And for the first time in 25 years, the Bills have won that division. I don't know if that motivates them to just put the nail in the Patriots even further. I just think the Bills are better than the Patriots. And I have no idea who's playing quarterback. Jared Stidham, Cam Newton, no idea. But I do know who's playing quarterback for the Bills, and that's Josh Allen. He's playing at as high a clip as anybody in the league. Bills are favored by seven on the road in Gillette. No fans. They almost pulled it off last year at Gillette. They're going to do it this year. They'll win this thing by 10. I'm going 27-17. Bills over the Patriots. That's a win and a cover. All right, that's going to do it for the show this evening. Really appreciate you guys so much more than I could even say on the air. You guys are the absolute best, the best fans there are, best listeners and followers there are. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. You guys have a great one, and we will see you on Sunday for Bengals v. Texans at noon. We got everything for you starting at 9 o'clock on our flagship Sports Radio 610 KPRC game day show. I think starts at 8.30, so we got it all for you. And then listen to Mark, Andre, and myself on the call And hopefully it'll be win number five for the Texans. Happy holidays again, everybody. Thank you so much. And as always, go Texans. As always, go Texans. As always, go Texans. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting DaikinLovesHouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show.